What is up, sports world? Uh, you've got Scott here, as always, joined by Jacob, and you're here for another edition of Fourth and Forever Sports. And that intro was uh, not my best work. A little, little bit of uh, missed the mark there, a little bit there, Jacob. Yeah, yeah, you did, man. You want to, you want to run that back, or no, no, no. Let's just run with it. We're not, we're not perfectionists here. Um, we definitely, and, definitely are not. Uh, so, like I said, you've got Scott and Jacob here. Uh, as always, please, please follow us on all the socials: Instagram, X, Facebook. Uh, leave ratings, write reviews. We love all those things. They make us happy. And if you want to subscribe, we'd appreciate that. Appreciate that as well. Um, we're pretty much everywhere the internet has to offer. So feel free to follow us on your social of preference uh jacob man it's just the two of us today uh taylor's got some personal stuff he's dealing with so we're gonna have to hold it down um got some big shoes to fill but how you doing today sir man i'm doing all right i'm doing all right been been thinking about doing this podcast all day um it, it is definitely with a little bit of heavy of a heavy heart for all of our southeast kansas listeners specifically uh, that know what's going on. There was a, a pretty significant loss in the community this weekend. Um, if if you know, you know. Uh, Taylor's sister in law passed, and and her her husband Klein and her daughter Blake are are still here. So definitely, just want to talk about that for a minute. Um, here coming up on October twenty seventh, there is going to be a benefit for Skyler. That's going to be at the Parsons Elk Lodge on October 27th. The silent auction will start at 3 o'clock and will end at 8 o'clock. October 27th, Parsons Elk Lodge. That is going to be a benefit for Skyler. The The proceeds are going to help Little Blake get an education fund put together. So definitely just wanted to touch on that. You know, it's it's crazy. Taylor is best friend in the world. You know, obviously he's not on the pod because he's with his wife right now. and. Klein, I actually grew up with. Uh, there was a lot of days, sophomore year through senior year of high school, that I would spend three, four, five days a week at, at the Ryan house with you know with Austin, who was also in my class, one of my other really really great best friends. And Klein was always there as as you know another brother. So I uh, I know there's not any words right now that can that can really help. But uh, my hopes is without doing too much here, I, I just wanted to talk for just a minute um I, I thought it would be cool if we went back and referenced one of the most insane high school football seasons that has ever happened uh specifically as a Lebec county grizzly little backstory klein played one year of football in high school just one through my entire high school career he would practice the most absurd catches with his toes on the very edge of the street, like he was trying to stay in bounds in an NFL game. And dude would make these just <laughs> stupid acrobatic catches every single day. And Austin and I would always ask, why do you not just play football, dude? You would be so good. And he's like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. So then his senior year rolls around, and this man is a monster. 50 receptions for 969 yards and 12 touchdowns. That average comes out to 107 yards a game. 107. Yeah. I, I just, can you imagine if, if Klein would have played all four years? <laughs> I mean, he'd, there probably would be a lot of records at the high school right now with his name on it. So, anyway, just want to keep those, keep those folks in our thoughts. Uh, 
Klein, we're here for you, man. Community's all here for you. Like I said, I know there's nothing we can really do to help right now, but just want you to know that you've got all the love and support you need. So one more time, that is the benefit for Skyler will be October 27th at the Parsons Elk Lodge. The silent auction is going to start at three and anything and and everything will help. So just keep your prayers up for those guys. Definitely. Yeah. My heart heart definitely goes out. Uh, Any age is too young, but that's way too young. And uh, thoughts and prayers. Um, Yeah. So uh, obviously there's no good segue, but do you want to uh, dip into college football this last weekend and move forward? Absolutely. Absolutely. So on a, you know, on a much lighter note, of course, um, I get to admit to the world that I was wrong. So shout out to that. We, me, I'd like to tag us all on it, said that Colorado would lose to Oregon on the road. And guess what? That happened. And then we said, shellacked on the road. (laughs) And then we said that USC was going to come in and lose in Colorado. And you know what? I think if there were five quarters in football, Colorado actually would have made that happen for us. 48 41 was the final score. Man, it was a banger in the second half. Shadur Sanders looked like a Heisman front runner again. I mean, just everything was clicking on all cylinders. It, It was just nuts, man. I, I don't know. If they'd have played any football in the first half, I think they'd get them. Well, two things, right? So this isn't the first time this year that they've come out pretty flat in the first half, right? So that tells me, you know, a couple things. But then conversely, uh, they've adjusted really well in the second half. So great coaching and making adjustments and adapting to your opponent. Um, but most, you know, bo- most games, you're, you script the first 20-some-odd plays so I wonder what the, the disconnect is between, you know, prepping for games and then adjustments therein. Curious about that. But, yeah, it was one hell of a game. I really thought that comeback was about to happen. I was like, no way. Heartbreaker, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. And, you know, what's wild is they were actually more competitive with lower-level recruits than they were with their upper-level recruits. They, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Dion actually benched a lot of players going into the second half, and they come out looking like a football team. So that's a that's a hard deal. That's a hard pill to swallow for sure. If you were a starter and got yanked, pretty much immediately lost your job. Another mm-hmm. thing to remember is Travis Hunter still out for a couple more weeks. That that's a big that's a big loss for the for the Buffalo. So anyway, I, Dion said it best though. He said if if you can't see what we're doing in Colorado. You're blind, man. I mean, they they're coming, like he said. So next year might be yeah, really crazy for that team. For sure, that's what I was about to say. The next two, like, next year, year after that, year after that, I'm really excited to see what they do to that football program. Yeah. You got any other games you want to touch on from a college football standpoint, or you want to just jump right into pro? Yeah, let's just go ahead and jump into pro this this weekend for college games. I mean, other than I guess, other than Oregon State beating uh utah that that was that was a big one but there's i don't know i I, there's a lot more exciting nfl games from this last week i think real quick on that oregon state oregon game did you see that they they looked like they're or they faked like they're gonna sneak it for the first down and then kicked it to the outside and old boy was just off to the races do you see that i did not see that oregon state utah you mean yes sorry was it oregon am i wrong no no you're right you're right i misspoke oregon state utah yeah so Awesome play. I'll have to go Great. look at that. I missed that. I missed that. For sure. 
Um, from the, the NFL standpoint, um, one game that I think, granted, we didn't record last week because we we're a bunch of slackers, but uh, one game that Bums. I was so hyped about, like leading up to this, Bills Dolphins. I thought this was going to be like the game of the century. And then the Dolphins just got smacked around. They just got exposed. Yeah, I think that was a classic case of which team wanted it more. I mean, that, you know, if you were to break it down on paper, the Bills defense and the Dolphins defense schematically are really not that different. The Bills actually ended up losing some key players in this game. I don't know if you saw Tredavious White, Achilles Tear. I mean, dude had just got back from an ACL. It was horrible. So. Anyway, the the Bills defense, they showed up, they showed out. Anytime you can stop a Miami team that just hung 70 on an other NFL team, you're doing something right. And I think it was just all about effort this weekend. Yeah, I uh and, and the first half looked so promising too because they went they went punch for punch for the first three touchdowns each. I was like, "All right, here we go. This is what we expected." And then and half to Buffalo just took off. They're like, "No, bye. See you later." From yeah. a selfish standpoint, Tyreek Hill hosed me, man. Tyreek Hill got me a, a solid 10 points. So, took the L on that. Yeah, dude. He, <laughs> it, it wasn't, it really wasn't great. I, I'm not, I would have to go back and watch the game again. I'm really not sure what they did to, to bottle the receivers up, honestly, because like nobody's been able to do it. You know what I mean? So, it's, it's kind of, it was kind of interesting. I also thought that it was crazy that, Miami was just running it down their throats like the entire first half and then got away from it. Like they just, I don't know. It, it was like second half adjustment said, we're not going to do what works anymore. And then nothing works. <laughs> Let's go ahead and go away. Go away from what's actually keeping us in this ball game here. AJ and a chain. <laughs> right. Give me five points. I'll say that. Oh, he's so. a dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what, what's he averaging? It, it's like 11 yards per rush right now. I think is his average. It's something stupid. Granted, those numbers are kind of inflated just because of the the Broncos game. But yeah, it's something absurd. Oh yeah, but, because of his two hundred and some yards. <laughs> now I think that uh, man, I I think the Bills maybe at at this point in time maybe the legitimate team to beat in the AFC. They, they look complete. Josh Allen, while still somewhat erratic, seems like he's tied that. <laughs> wrangled that er- erraticness in a little bit and he's just playing like the super superhero version of himself so see if he can keep that up down the stretch and then from uh yeah. talking about oh no i was just gonna say i i thought josh allen played really well i thought he made a lot of really good throws i thought in some capacity he's his performance is super inflated by the fact that stefan diggs is just an absolute monster He had three touchdowns. One of them was because he managed to break four tackles and then ran for 60 yards. Like, so I don't know. Josh Allen had an absolutely monster day, and I'm not taking that away from him, but I am going to say that, like, his receivers helped him out a ton. I feel like, so I'm not going to say he's underrated, but I feel like Stefan Diggs kind of gets forgotten about whenever you talk about the class of the like wider seat like NFL top tier receivers. You've got Justin Jefferson who's just otherworldly. Um, you know, then you always want to talk about Jamar Chase. And Tyree Kill always gets brought up in that same group. And I would argue that Stefan Diggs is one hundred percent on that same echelon, but he doesn't get talked about nearly the same. Yeah. No, I mean I, I think at this stage in the game it's hard to discount him out of even like the top three or four. 
to be completely honest sure. with you. Yep. And he did, he has gonna, the ability to go like full on takeover mode when he wants to. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, honestly, I <laughs> after seeing the performance from Joe Burrow this week, I I gotta wonder what just what in the world is happening. That that Bengals team was facing a Tennessee Titans team that was averaging, I think, like 120 yards per starting wideout, and they couldn't figure out how to throw on them. I mean, just what what's happening here? I got to give, I have to assume he's just not healthy. That's the only thing that makes logical sense. You don't go from being one of the very best football players on the planet to trash without something hampering you. It just, it just doesn't yeah. happen. Uh, it would be well, one thing and- if he'd had... It's gonna say it'd be oh, one ahead. thing if he'd only had like one good season, you know, if he was like a flash in the pan. But he's had sustained success, like you know, beating Mahomes. I mean, what's what, what's the record? I think he's uh, the series is like two to one between the two of them. So he's obviously good at. Football. I think it's like three to one. I think mm-hmm. he's. I think he's waxed Mahomes three times now, and <laughs> I mean, uh, it's not looking good for him this year. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure they're gonna beat Kansas City this year. I think the, you, at some point. You just got to shut him down. Just shut him down. It's like much like uh, Baker Mayfield a couple of years ago, right? Like he played through that shoulder injury. And you're not doing yourself yeah. any favors. Sometimes you never yeah. fully recover. Just swallow your pride, realize that your calf is jacked up, go on IR. Yeah. And now that T. Higgins is going to miss some time with cracked ribs, goodness sakes alive, boys. This It kind of goes back to what we talked about on our on our last podcast. Like go get a backup that makes sense. Let him, you know, let him start for six, seven, eight games. Joe Burrow can afford to miss some. I, I mean, the, the offensive firepower with a good, serviceable quarterback is still there. I mean, Jamar Chase is still one of the absolute best in the game, but you're you're just hurting yourself long term. You're potentially wrecking your your franchise quarterback. You're wrecking the season. I mean, just just what are we doing here, guys? They need to shut it down. But I I don't know I. That's all I gotta say about that. I'm not, I don't want to sit there and try to dwell in like uh, you know the inner workings of their GM and Joe Burrow's brain and and oh yeah yeah you want to hear you want to hear about the worst bad beat of potentially all time in season long fantasy football. So it's 100 percent about me. I played myself so hard. So week two, right? Puka Nakua going ballistic he's on the waiver wire i pick him up whatever super happy about that i also have seen that alexander madison is trash not good so now i have puka and i have alexander madison and this is me playing myself i traded puka and alexander madison for Brees hall and guess what Brees hall ain't it man and Puka is going to be the wide receiver one this year. And so it's yeah. like, it's one of those head scratchers that you're just like, this was such a good idea for all of two days. Like, uh, So I think right now it sucks, but I think down the stretch, uh, you it may end up panning out for you because Cooper Cup's coming back. So that should eat into Puka's target share a little bit. And if... We'll get into this here in a little bit, but if Zach Wilson is starting to maybe turn a corner, or if not, if they trade for like Kirk Cousins before the trade deadline, Brees Hall is going to start seeing touches, and he's going to start getting some 
he's going to start producing. But the thing about it is, his teams know they don't. They, they are going to do everything they can to stop Brees Hall, and they're going to make Zach Wilson beat you. While yeah. defenses are doing that, Brees Hall is not going to get it done. So, I think down the stretch it'll, yeah. it'll work out for you. Yeah, when you can, you know, when you can stack the box and just know that Zach Wilson can't hit an eight yard out. I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I will say he looked a lot better against the Chiefs this weekend, though. A lot better. Um, and and I, I'm starting to feel bad for him. He's getting like so much hate from just the world. It's like, oh yeah. Come on. What, Come on, guys. What is Rodney Harrison doing, dude? I don't Did you know. see that? Did you see that yeah. interview with Chris Jones? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Chris- he's just trying to bait. Like he was just trying to bait Chris Jones into saying something heinous. Like I, I yeah. just, I don't, I don't get that play. What are you doing? Good on Chris Jones for being like, listen, he's a special football player and not, not stupid at that level. That was he handled that right. really, really well. But yeah, I, I, the fact that he kept pushing too, and he's like, what? Like Zach Wilson is garbage. And it's like, come on, bro. Like you are, you are like on national television. You are a professional broadcaster. Like. Wrangle it in yeah. just a little bit. Let's let's keep the professionalism up yeah. just a tad. Which you can tell, like he was so all in on that that he was banking on the fact that Chris Jones was going to say something stupid, and then he was going to be able to cover up his remarks completely by whatever Chris Jones had said. And I mm-hmm. and once I think once he realized that, like, oh no, Chris Jones is it is not going to indulge me at all. Like, well, I got to double down now. I'm too far in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Anyway, I don't know. Stupid. Don't be don't be stupid, Rodney Harrison. <laughs> don't say stupid stuff. Yeah. Oh man, Spe- speaking of franchise quarterbacks and turning corners, how about CJ Stroud down there in Houston, man? This mm. guy, this six freaking what, talk to me, man. Four games, all over three hundred yards passing, one hundred and fifty passes, zero interceptions. What? I thought we talked about this earlier, so you know, proving us right. We'd we'd said that Stroud was probably going to have the best rookie year, but man, he may be the best quarterback in this draft. I mean, granted, we're only four games in, so I don't want to overreact and whatnot. But if this is if this is any indication of what's to come, they may have something special down there in Houston. They may win the they may win the AFC South. Yeah, man. You know, I don't know. I. I do think we can become the CJ Stroud podcast because like, especially since Taylor isn't here to vote against that as a Chiefs fan. Like, I think we can, I think we can two, three outvote him here. But anyway, CJ Stroud, man, I, man, it it is super exciting to see that kid play well, especially whenever you see teams like the New York Giants that have similar offensive lines and Daniel Jones can't do anything. And CJ Stroud is throwing for 300 yards a game and just dropping it in buckets to guys like, and it it's no name good. guys, you know, t- no name guys. You know, you've got Nico Collins and Tank Dell. Like, oh Tank yeah, Dell, doesn't, isn't Tank Dell like 166 pounds or something crazy like that? Oh like, yeah, tiny? oh yeah, rookie out of Houston. Actually, he played his college ball at Houston, so pretty cool. He's got the home crowd support the there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nico Collins, man, he he's a guy that's kind of been coming on this last couple of years. It doesn't really. It, it didn't translate a lot with Davis Mills because Davis Mills just isn't that Mills. good. Yeah, right. Like he's old long neck boy that kind of struggles a little bit, and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay, man. He couldn't choose his neck. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but what's not fine is missing Nico Collins on sixty yard bombs, and you know who's not doing that? C.J. Stroud hasn't missed yet. 
So, no, it's it's exciting. Another quarterback in the AFC South that we probably need to mention is Anthony Richardson, though, if Hold that guy can stay fast. healthy. Real quick, since we're talking about the Texans, like we touched on CJ Shroud, the 30-6 yeah. to six dismantling of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers look <laughs> bad. The Steelers look Hashtag bad. bad. Dude, <laughs> I have something to say about the Steelers. Did you see the Matt Canada controversy today? No, what happened? It is going to be one of the juiciest things in football, or the Steelers are going to find a way to cover it up. I don't know. Either way, I'm excited to tell you about it. Hit me with So, it. the Twitterverse, you know, that I frequently live on as I try and build our following. <laughs> Shout out to our fourth and forever sports on Twitter. Anyway, Matt Canada, offensive coordinator for the Steelers, has a burner account. And this man has proven his intelligence time and time again with that Steelers offense. And I mean, la- he, lack thereof, you mean? Oh, dude. He used his Steelers organization email for his burner account. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And all the people, all the people on Twitter, because you know there's a lot of trolls out there that are real upset with the fact that they got George Pickens, who is an elite talent, I will double down on, and Kenny Pickett, and Najee Harris, and Jalen Warren, and others. And they can't score no points. Why can't they score no points? So these guys are on Twitter every week, and they are just carrying on about how awful Matt Canada is. And there's been an account consistently running down the Steelers organization saying, is Kenny Pickett maybe just not the guy? Does this have to be Matt Canada's problem? Blah, 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 blah. Guess what? Somebody figured it out. It was Matt Canada the whole time. People are stupid. Come on. Oh, man. man. What are you doing? Oh, by the way, man. By the way, Warren should be out snapping Najee Harris. Just saying. Oh, dude. Yeah. Najee, if Taylor was here right now, he would lean back in his chair and fix his hat like this, and he would go, I told you boys from the beginning, Najee Harris is not good. And they would lean back and look at us like that. <laughs> or say something about Najee being slow. I think that's mm. probably what he would say. He's, is yeah. Najee Harris even good? He'd say it like that for sure. Yeah. Good, good impre- uh, impression there, guy. Thanks, man. Thanks. But no, I, I agree completely. Jalen Warren is, he's a pinball, man. I mean, straight up. <laughs> he, he's good. He, he catches the ball well out of the backfield. He runs between the tackles great. He's an Oklahoma State guy. That's probably the biggest thing that he's good at. Go, folks. <laughs> That's the most important thing. Right, yeah. Did I say mm-hmm. goodest? What a, what a world we live in. Uh, maybe. I missed it. <laughs> so. You want to talk uh, Anthony Richardson? And boy, do I! Colts almost coming back against the Rams. That that became a banger at the end there. Oh, absolutely. There were a few tight games like that this weekend, but you know, there's there's two sides to this story. One, I think we can all agree that the Colts are way better than we expected them to be at this point in the season. Without Jonathan Taylor, which is crazy. Yeah, with Zach Moss, who I've been a fan of for a minute. You can ask Taylor. Been talking about Zach Moss for a few years, and he always tells me he's not that good. The Bills got rid of him, whatever. Dude's kind of been carrying that backfield. I mean, he's the only running back getting touches right now. So, no, no you you were right. Pippen's is that a too. is it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. Is that a is that a combination of just the fact that Anthony Richardson's getting so many RPOs right now, and they kind of have to they got to play spy and they got to play contain, and so. You know, the middle yeah, of the field's kind of open a lot. 
anytime you get a, a quarterback who runs like him, same thing with Hurts last year, and Lamar Jackson, whoever he's sharing a backfield with, if you've got to account for both and the receivers and another running back option, it's gonna it's gonna benefit the the running backs. Just, it just exactly, sense. exactly. Yeah. And on the flip side, like you know, Zach Wilson didn't really run much early on, and he's been getting absolutely destroyed because of it. And that's why Brees Hall's not producing either. So yeah. Anyway, no, Anthony day. Richardson, dude. He's made some crazy throws in addition to being able to be a you know a physical efficient runner. I think he probably needs to learn to get down a little earlier. Trevor Lawrence told him that. Uh I think week one when they played the Jags, he said, This is a tough league, man. You you are gonna get beat up and you're gonna get hurt. You gotta learn to get down. And I think that's great advice because we want to see a lot of Anthony Richardson for a long time. Man, so just talking about the teams, we talked about the Steelers, we talked about the the Texans overachieving. In my memory, anyway, I think this is the most polarized the NFL has ever been, right? You've got, like, elite teams in your Cowboys, your 49ers, your Bills. I'm going to throw the Eagles in there because I'm a homer. Uh, And then you've got other teams that are just bad, like, don't even deserve to be on the same football field. Like, we need to bust out, like, European soccer rules where there's different tiers of leagues. And and these guys need to be relegated to, like, the bottom tier. Because, I mean... Watching the Giants, the Giants are bad at football. They are bad at football on both sides of the ball. And watching them play makes me enjoy football less. Sunday night, I had to strongly contemplate like getting on YouTube and like getting into like learning a new hobby like American Sign or American Sign Language or or knitting or something. I was like, could my time be better spent <laughs> doing that or or watching Daniel Dimes just get eviscerated out here? I can't stand you, bro. <laughs> I think that was actually yesterday that we watched that, but the game was so bad that I understand getting the days confused. Yeah. Straight no, up. But I mean, it, yeah. Think about this. Think about how many teams that are going to be like duking it out for the number one overall spot. Like the Giants, they're in that category all of a sudden. The Bears are 100% in that category. By the way, love you, Mom, but your Broncos defense is making Justin Fields, who is objectively bad at football looked like a goddamn rock star the falcons they couldn't do anything with the football they, they could ritter is not it that guy's just giving the football football away but and yeah so there's like a there's like 10 teams that are just tr- atrocious and then 10 teams that are legit super bowl contenders and then like 10 me- mediocre teams in the middle and it's the most defined tier of football i've ever seen yeah ever so i want to hit on the bears for just a second is Justin Fields objectively horrible at football, or is it the organization? I'm going to say both. I'm going to say organization. I'm not ready to get off the Justin Fields train yet because we saw last year when they basically said, have at it. He had some really crazy games. When teams have to actually respect his legs and he's still willing to throw and make the right read, like, dude is solid. He really is. I think a lot of garbage time football is might might mislead that a little bit. So I'm not I'm not necessarily going to argue with you. But a, a thing that I want to make sure is known is all summer long he's been practicing with Chase Claypool as his wide receiver too. You know Darnell Mooney came back late because he had surgery. So you've got DJ Moore wide receiver one, great. You've got Cole Komet a good option as a receiver as well, cool. The Bears have decided that Chase Claypool is basically not a part of their team anymore. So they waited until 
until the season started to decide, you know what, maybe maybe the trade we made for Chase Claypool was actually just really stupid. We're just stay home. Don't even come. I mean, what what does That's that do weird. to an offense? Like I know you've got other guys that are on your roster or whatever, but like if they haven't really been working with the first team offense, like is that not going to cause issues especially in the beginning? Like, it makes a difference, but I've just seen a lot of Justin Fields sitting back in the pocket and like kind of dancing around and there's like two or three dudes that are probably pretty open and then he's like you know what i'm gonna go ahead and run for it and <laughs> just just ignore these guys downfield yeah and i mean he didn't have a lot of rush yards against the denver broncos so he threw a lot of yards that's true and you know i'll be i've done it before and i'll do it again i'll be the first to admit that if i'm wrong i will eat crow uh but yeah, i've dude. not ever been on the justin Fields train and i'm not gonna start sure well, while we're talking about things that Scott's been wrong about, um, Christian McCaffrey, number one overall fantasy performer this year? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the 49ers in general looking like the best team in the NFL objectively right now. So I've been wrong a couple times this year. Nah. Hey, dude, I'm right there with you. I did not think the 49ers would be this good right now. I did not. No. Not even for a second. Like. I think the 49ers could show up at pretty much any football stadium anywhere across America and be a two-touchdown favorite right now. I'm glad you mentioned that because actually uh, the looking ahead kind of put a bow on the previous week and look ahead to the future if you're good with that. Game of the week, hopefully. Hopefully this isn't another repeat of the Dolphins-Bills. But what should be the game of the week, Dallas at San Francisco. San Francisco is only three-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, that Dallas defense is is pretty salty, as is the 49ers. So I, I can totally see be... this game being like nine to three or something. Yeah, I was I was just getting ready to say. I think I think the opposing offenses still have like the ability to move the ball pretty well. I would like to think that Dallas is going to bait Brock Purdy into throwing some throws he shouldn't, and we're going to see. And maybe the jury's not still out. Maybe this is just me hoping or thinking that that Brock Purdy is still really young and is going to make some bad decisions in his life. So far, he hasn't done it. I mean, he looks like just an elite caliber quarterback, but I don't know. I I think Dallas mixes it up. I think they get some, some different coverages in there and some different schemes, and, and we might see a couple turnovers this weekend from Brock Purdy. I think we might see a couple turnovers from both quarterbacks, actually. I would not be shocked if there's like, five combined like four combined interceptions and then like two fumbles to go along with it because both these defenses like when they're when they're clicking both these defenses just are fast they're dirty they're like they're just violent <laughs> violent human beings and they just impose their will 100 percent. oh yeah 100 percent. could not agree more with that i think i think san francisco's offense has been objectively better than dallas honestly i think dallas getting beat by the Cardinals on the road was was bad. <laughs> I think that was just a really, really bad look for them. Does that mean they're going to not rise to the occasion this weekend? I mean, no, I'm not saying that at all. I think it'll be a fun game for sure, but it'll be interesting. I For sure. I think I would probably take, you know, San Francisco by, by 10 almost, personally. I think it's going to be closer than that. I think I do think I don't think it's going to be quite nine to three, but I do think it's going to be like a lower scoring affair. I mean, look back at 
how they played each other in uh, the divisional round last year. Like it was kind of, I don't want to say it was kind of like sloppy and ugly, but neither offense did a whole lot. Uh, I think it ended up being like 20 to 14 or something. So that's, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to call it. I think, I don't know who I want to win in this game. Like my, <laughs> uh, but from an unbiased standpoint, I think that San Francisco is just better. And I think it'll end up being something like 20 to 14, 20 to 17. But I think uh, San Francisco pulls it out. I would not disagree. I think San Francisco probably wins this game. And I know, I know, I know that Cole is going to be all up, all up in my ear as soon as Dallas wins on Sunday. You know, oh, you, you think you're a smart guy with the podcast? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait. He's going to be absolutely full-blown harassment. So whatever, bring it on. But I, I do have to wonder how long does Christian McCaffrey carry this just insane run? He scored a touchdown in 13 straight games, Scott. Uh, absurd, really. Yeah. And he had four. He had four last weekend. I thought he was going to fall off a cliff, man. He, he was, he was, maybe he just didn't want to play in Carolina. So he's like, Oh, my shoulder hurts, you know, <laughs> something, but cause he was hurt <laughs> kind of like three years. He was missed a substantial amount of time. Yeah. I mean, good. I never want to see anybody hurt to be clear. So I'm glad he's staying healthy, but you know, it's usually if someone's got a track record of injury history, it, it doesn't usually just clear itself up as they get older. Right. So. Right. Another, this is kind of switching gears a little bit, but just talking about, but my logic here is, you know, we passed on Christian McCaffrey as a number one overall pick because we were kind of, you know, both of us. I, I let you carry the blame for the most part on that because it's really your take. But I also was not super high on McCaffrey coming into the season because I was scared of the injury bug. Same thing for, you know, Derrick Henry. Anyway, Justin Jefferson is a guy that was kind of a unanimous number one overall pick if you know, for me, it was an asterisk with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. If, if Burrow is injured, then Jay Jettas is your guy. Crazy stat about this last weekend. Minnesota Vikings finally won one. But this is the first week that Kirk Cousins has thrown, I believe, multiple picks and less than 300 yards, and they win the game. But the first three weeks, he throws for an ungodly amount of yards crazy touchdowns and they can't find a way to win like it's just it's just so mind-blowing how how fickle this football game is you know what i mean just doing some math here real quick so currently old justin jefferson is on pace for 200 or 2307 yards first of all he's good at football second of all i don't want to obviously can't take my victory lap too soon my hot take of JJ breaking that 2000, 2000 yard mark for the first time in history. That may come to fruition. I'm just going to throw it out there. It's, hey, it's looking good, dude. It's looking real good. My only question is like whenever the Vikings drop like their next three games and, you know, now they've lost six or seven and the season's kind of down the toilet and Minnesota says, ah, we're going to decide to uh, lose the rest of our games and, and go get Caleb Williams. Kirk Cousins, you are now a New York Jet. Yay. <laughs> Does Justin Jefferson sit out and miss that? You know, I don't know. There's some, there's some game theory know. there. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's like, oh my ankle, it hurts, coach. I guess I guess shut me down for the season. Right, exactly. It's Christian McCaffrey all over again in Carolina, and we're we're just not going to be fooled this time, guys. We know what's <laughs> going on. Yeah. No. Speaking of the Vikings, 
in what low key I think it's not getting. So the Vikings, they're not a great team, but they've got an explosive offense. They're playing a Chiefs team that I think this could low key be the like the biggest like actual shootout, like crazy forty forty to thirty five, whatever. Those are weird football scores, but like thirty five thirty one or something like that. And you know the Vikings look like they are going to win it and then they just snatch loss and from the jaws of victory, you know, and they're, they Viking so hard that something happens, fumble seven times, <laughs> ends up losing. The end. They Viking so hard. No, it's what oh, they do, man. man. Oh, let's say, look at I... the, let's look back at the chargers Vikings game. Like they had, there was no reason they lost that football game. And then they throw a, like throw an interception in the end zone for, they out chargers. They out chargered the chargers to allow the chargers to win. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and the, and the end of that game was just so absurd. Justin Herbert, I think in like the last eight minutes threw for 220 yards and two scores, like seriously. And then they turn the ball yeah. over. Like they go for it on fourth and one on like in, their own 25 like yard on line. their what 15. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then Minnesota can't convert because Kirk or, or whatever, you know, Kevin O'Connell. I, I don't know what happened, but yeah, I don't know. And all what's crazy is all, like, go ahead. I was going to say, all that, all that to be said is that, yes, this Vikings Chiefs game has the making of ex- oh, yeah. offensive explosion. Defense is nowhere in the field. Hey, I was, I was coming back to it, baby. What I was just getting ready to say is, mm. The Chiefs looked less like the Chiefs in New York this weekend. That you know, Mahomes threw two picks, could have thrown a third, except for a questionable defensive holding. You know, I don't know. A lot of people fall on different sides on that. If you're a Chiefs fan, then obviously, yeah, it was 100 percent a holding. But anyway, not, not doesn't really matter. <laughs> right? Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It would be so like NFL for the Vikings to blow the Chiefs out this weekend. I'm not going to say it's going to happen. You know, Chiefs fans, Dave, I don't, I don't want to hear it. You know, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it would be so crazy if Minnesota beat uh, Kansas City this weekend. Oh, it's just like the Cardinals beating the the Cowboys. <laughs> the most, what? what? What just happened here? Right. And like outclassed the Cowboys during that game. It was crazy. Right. To You know, to me, it feels like that was less surprising, though. You know, like it seems like every year the Dallas Cowboys drop like three games to a team that they should not ever have been like in a conversation with, you know? Right. And then they'll go beat like the Eagles on the road by 20 or something. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> or, or like, you know, like literally they're, you know, they drop one of the Cardinals after dominating the Giants and uh, the Jets and then. The week after the Cardinals game, they beat the Pats like thirty to three. It's they're yeah, just, they're just not consistent. Which and it, yeah, it doesn't make sense. All four of those teams are substandard teams. Like that, like the Jets' defense is great, but if they play all four quarters without ever coming off the field, they're not great. I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah. And the Patriots are the same way. Any Bill Belichick team is going to be great defensively, but their offense sucks right now. So yeah, they're playing the entire game. And plus, they lost their star rookie to a shoulder injury early. So, I mean, I don't know, dude. Giants, bad. Jets, bad. Arizona Cardinals, 
bad, but lost. Patriots, bad. Have we seen anything out of the Dallas Cowboys yet? I I don't know. They're a good team, no. but I I don't know. We'll find out this weekend. Mm-hmm. So who you got, Chikey? So you think the Vikings are going to blow the doors off the Chiefs? Uh, blow the doors off of them was kind of a joke, but I think it's a game, and I think it's, I don't know. I, it's on the road, right? It's at Minnesota. It is, yes, at Minnesota. Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking. So I think Kirk Cousins throws for 330, Justin Jefferson 170, and two. Mahomes, two interceptions. Minnesota Vikings win by mm. 10 points. I dig it. Write it down. <laughs> scribble, scribble, scribble. <laughs> what do you think, Scotty? I know you're going to say Maybe. the Chiefs win because you're you're that guy. Nah, actually, I, I I think these two teams match up really well together. I think the Chiefs' defense is much better than I thought it was going to be this year. But I don't think they're going to have an, an answer for Hawkinson and Addison and Madison and Jefferson, all the sons in there. Uh, I, I do think and that Akers. A... Oh yeah, we forgot Cam Akers got booted from the from the Rams for trying to hook up with McVay's wife or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, dude. They were all trying to do it, Sean. <laughs> you didn't have to single out Cam. <laughs> That's uh, wild, uh, but no, I think, <laughs> I think, uh, I think the Vikings take this. Um, and I, yeah, you know, I, I like your take about, uh, taking it by 10. So yeah, skull or something, whatever they do up there in Minnesota. Yeah. Usually they just cry. <laughs> womp womp. Unless they're, uh, unless they're pulling <laughs> off some crazy Minnesota miracle against the saints, in which case. Oh, you had to go there, man. Yeah, the, well. the ain'ts, as I like to call them. Mm. Tampa Bay looks pretty good, dude. I am actually largely surprised by how well Baker Mayfield is. He played a very complete game. He threw a touchdown to a rookie. He, I mean, you got Mike Evans involved before he got hurt, and Chris Godwin had an absolutely monster game against a great Saints defense. I mean. Saints defense is great. And I don't know. They the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense found a way to absolutely just stymie everything that was good in this world about the Saints offense. Alvin Kamara had 13 catches, 13 out of the backfield really? for 33 wow. yards. 13 for 33 yards. It's like so the most PP, ridiculous stat line I've <laughs> Oh, dude. Yeah he, yeah, he had 20 points in PPR, and uh, half point, he did not. So it was like, mm. I saw, I actually saw a meme or a graphic that was like, Alvin Kamara PPR points, and it's Dwayne Rock Johnson, and Alvin Kamara half PPR was Kevin Hart. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to find that, because it, it, was, it was really funny. That was pretty funny. No, dude, I, I, I you know, we'd said earlier on that we hoped that Baker kind of rejuvenates himself in his career a little bit down there in Tampa. And he looks good. Even without Mike Evans this week, he looks pretty, he looks pretty frisky down there. Oh, absolutely. I'm okay with it. That's all I, uh, man, from an NFL standpoint, I'm about tapped out. I think the, there are, are some other games that's coming up weekend, but honestly, not a ton of them have too much juice. We could talk about the Panthers 
beating up on the Falcons or something. Um, which or no? Nah. <laughs> yeah, no, none of that. <laughs> no thanks. That's not. I, I lied. It's actually the Panthers Lions. So the Lions oh. dismantling the Panthers. Did you see the? Jag- go ahead. I was just gonna say. Did you see that Carolina has decided they're gonna go try and get an alpha wide receiver now for Bryce Young? Like midseason. Like, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, there's a reason I mean, Christian needs- McCaffrey didn't want to play for him, dude. Yeah, he well, yeah I mean, he needs one. Um, but I don't know what team, what team with an elite alpha wide receiver is in sell mode this early. Is there anybody? Well, it's not this early, but like you know, week seven when Minnesota's trying to deal Justin Jefferson. Yeah. They're not going to deal Justin. Justin Jefferson may want to be dealt, <laughs> but Minnesota is going to be like, mm. that poor man. <laughs> he's there for life. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. They're just going to back the truck up. They're going to pay him quarterback quarterback esque money. It's happening. I think they find a way to get Caleb Williams. Personally, I think Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams would be happier playing there than in like Chicago or Arizona. That's for sure. But I mean. Yeah. Creeping up into that number one spot, that it takes a king's ransom. <clears throat> king's ransom to do that a lot of times. Oh yeah. Well, Chicago holds uh, holds the number one and number two draft pick, so we'll see. Caleb Williams was talking the other day about how he can make more money in college, so he would rather just do that than go play for the Bears. <laughs> yeah, he did say like he's like I may just uh, I may just stick around in college for another year and uh, see what the landscape looks like next season. Yeah. So him. anyway, now nah, we can we can move on to some some college ball to wrap us up. Oh yeah. yeah. What you got? Well, I mean the the biggest looming low hanging fruit here for us is Oklahoma Texas Red River Shootout. Two teams that look really good right now. Yeah. No, it's gonna be a game. Yeah, it is gonna be a game. <laughs> Te- Texas uh, quite literally <laughs> Texas just had a guy go for over 200 yards on the ground uh fun fact 20 carries for 217 yards and two touchdowns and one catch for 23 yards that is Mr. Jonathan Brooks is he the new Bijan Robinson he may be yeah I, nah it's, un- that was an excessive take <laughs> they played Kansas say, last weekend <laughs> I will say this Texas and this is going to upset a lot of our local listeners here. Texas has looked dominant, man. Is there an argument to be made, especially if they come out and get the dub this weekend? They are the best team in the country, or is that an over? Is that, a little is that too, overzealous? We go too far. Yeah. So you know, honestly, I I don't hate that. I think so. It's like this for me. If I were to break down my top four teams right now, Texas is one of them. Oregon is one of them. Washington is one of them, and Georgia is one of them. I think those four teams are the top teams in the country right now. Man, it would be so wild if, and this will never happen, but if the playoff consisted of two Pac-12 teams, that would be crazy. Yeah, and what's even crazier is if USC hadn't just made the leap, there would be three. Yeah. Right? I think, man, uh, not to get too far away from this Texas OU game, but USC is just not is just not the team the country wants them to be. Right. They have an incredible offense and an absolutely incredible offense, but their defense is just really not there. And, you know, honestly, Washington could score 50 on them today. Oregon could score 50 on them today. 
Georgia is right there in that conversation. Uh, I don't know. We've talked before. Offense puts asses in seats. So mm-hmm. any any of those games would be absolutely tremendous to go to. But I just don't think they're that, that good of a team. I mean, I shouldn't say that good of a team. I just don't think they're a national champion caliber team is how I should have said That's that. That's fair. So anyway, oh, yeah. OU Texas. I, I cut think, you off. Uh, I'm so sorry. No, you're good. I was gonna. I was jumping back into OU Texas as it is. I was gonna say that OU's defense has looked, man, like night and day what it was Pristine. last year. Mm-hmm. And this is if they their defense comes out and shuts Texas down, then all of a sudden the narrative for you know top five teams in the country completely changes. Um, but I've got to see it to believe it. Sure, I, w- I want to see it. I want it to happen. I would love for OU to come out in there and just 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 shut everything that Texas does down, but I need to see it. Sure. So if we're being completely honest, OU has not played a real team yet. And the only real ish team they played was Cincinnati. Cincinnati's offense is solid. And OU did a great job at, at holding those, at holding those guys back. Basically they play what I'm going to call smart situational football. I guess I'll say. So in the Cincinnati game, it was a tight one, right? 20 to 6 was the final score. Cincinnati's defense actually did a lot of really good things to stop OU from just blowing the roof off of it, right? Oklahoma's defense did quite a few things to stop a few really long touchdowns. So there were, I believe, two for sure breakaway plays that, I mean, would have been touchdowns if all he had to, all the kid had to do was catch it, and the Oklahoma quarterback decided a defensive pass interference for 15 yards was much better than giving up the score. So if you add 14 points, it's uh, you know it's a 2020 game, right? So right. I don't know. That's that's really out there on the edge, you know, to to kind of give situations like that. But those two DPIs did happen, and and the kid was beat. So. It makes me really excited for the Xavier Worthy matchup on the outside this weekend because I'll be honest, once Xavier Worthy beats you, you're not catching him for defensive pass interference. Like That's just a wrap. So I I think that Oklahoma's defense is pretty solid up front. I think that they're going to be able to get a lot of pressure on Quinn Ewers. It's really going to come down to who controls the line of scrimmage better this weekend. But I don't know. I, this is the first real game that Oklahoma will have played, and it, it's going to be it's going to be really exciting to see. Texas has not done that thing they do every year so far, where they play down to their competition and and lose a game because of it. So, if they keep that same mindset they've had all year, I mean, the, the Texas Longhorns are right there, man. I'm um, I'm pretty <clears throat> excuse me, can't talk. Pretty pumped about it. I'm looking forward to this one for sure. All I know is that oh, OU yeah. cannot have another repeat of last year. They have to be competitive in this in this game. Oh yeah, have to. Absolutely have to. So another game that I'm kind of excited about is uh Washington State and UCLA. Actually. That's kind of crazy because you know, I really haven't been excited about Washington State in a handful of years now, but or maybe ever. But they've got this kid named Cameron Ward playing quarterback for him. And so far, through four games, he has 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns, and not a single interception. True freshman, right? Yep. Yep. That's crazy. What a stat line, right? And the other side of this is the UCLA kid who is also a true freshman, Mr. Dante Moore. So Mm. 
you know, kind of kind of exciting. The Utah matchup did not go really well for Dante. Um, they picked him off twice. Um, he's a young kid. He's going to make mistakes. I mean, that's just part of it. So it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. Uh, it is at UCLA, but I got Washington State winning this one too. I think it's going to be a tight one, but Washington State is probably going to come out with this one. It's really crazy to me that Washington and Washington State are both playing out of their minds right now. Oregon playing out of their minds right now. You know what I mean? There's some teams that are generally kind of, you know, top 20 maybe, but they're never in contention. And these guys are all just playing crazy good football. Yeah, no, it's it's fun. It's uh, shaking it up a little bit. You know, it's, it's been for the last 10 years, it's been Bama number one and then some a couple other L or uh SEC teams in there and then you'll have like two random schools <laughs> but this year it's all random schools and I'm here for it let's shake it up oh yeah dude absolutely the I would be such a horrible fan if I didn't bring up Oklahoma State and K-State they play Friday which I think is weird um, that is weird Friday Big 12 Friday game I don't like it it's it's mm. probably because if we're being completely honest Oklahoma State is not good this year so yeah it's bad k-state might beat us by 25 points on friday so i don't i don't really want to talk about that uh we had some (laughs) had some boots on the ground here a couple weeks ago south alabama i was super excited you know every oklahoma state game i've ever been to has been a lot of fun and this one was not we were pretty much blown out at halftime uh they the Cowboys gave us a glimmer of hope by scoring a touchdown early in the third and now it's a a 10 point game and this is South Alabama we're talking about so surely surely that was going to spark us and really get us going and almost immediately we let them score again the first and only time I've I've left a game early so I get how long before we start talking about Mike Gundy looking for another job. Man, there's some some speculation going on here. Casey Dunn, offensive coordinator for Oklahoma State University. A lot of people feel should have been let go many moons ago. He hasn't been. Why has he not been, you ask? Well, in the beginning, Mike Gundy was the offensive coordinator and the head coach. Oklahoma State hires a new athletic director. Athletic director says, no, sir, you may not do both. You may do the head coach duties. You will have an offensive coordinator. I want it to be this guy. Insert Casey Dunn. Casey Dunn's still here. Casey Dunn has been horrible for years now, like consecutive years. And the scuttlebutt around the streets is that for whatever reason, said athletic director does not want to let Casey Dunn go. Does not want to let Mike Gundy run the program the way he wants him to run it. So what's what's the end of the road here? I don't know. Is Gundy going to leave? Is Casey Dunn going to leave? Is, I mean, something's going to happen because there's some boosters that are not happy. Something will happen. It's just, you know, will we ever get the real story? I don't know. But yeah, Who's going to get scapegoated here? Right, exactly. 
is it the guy you're paying just an insane amount of money to to have a good football team and has had a good football team for what 20 years now i mean i don't know dude it's crazy i I just don't know why you wouldn't just get rid of casey dunn and and move on with your life but we'll see considering just one one more thing on it considering in 2021 we were national champion contenders like we're we're inches away from going to the national championship championship and now here we are the laughing stock of the big 12 basically so it's like isn't it crazy how much first of all how much changes year in and year out and is how how two years ago in the football world is an eternity it's an eternity yeah i mean Three years ago, Carson Wentz was the starting quarterback for Philadelphia Eagles. Like, <laughs> yeah, and the highest paid quarterback. Think about that. Yeah. Yep. Now he's unemployed. Yeah. It's uh, bad. Hashtag bad. Well, uh, why don't you take us out there, sir? Yeah, dude. So thanks for, thanks for hanging out with us again, guys. This is Fourth and Forever Sports. We want to just one more time go ahead and link our socials. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the things. Do want to go ahead and close out and bring up one more time the benefit for Skylar. If you stuck around with us this long, you probably knew her. So that is on October 27th, Parsons Elk Lodge. Silent auction starts at three and ends at eight. Definitely go support those folks. Um, They need it right now. So once again, this is Fourth and Forever Sports. We are forever grateful for all of our followers. Catch you next week. Podcast country. Let's ride.